0: Welcome to another episode of inside york tech a podcast featuring students staff and alumni of the york county school of technology
1: all right that's right this is inside york tech and i'm your host nick staub we're here with uh, four great guests i'm really excited hopefully you can tell because we're, we're going to be talking about something that is pretty cool in my opinion so obviously most people who are familiar with york tech they think career programs, technical programs, we're teaching students uh, those skills they need to be successful in the workforce. But one thing I think that sometimes gets forgotten are those uh, related skills such as personal finance and how can you be successful in saving your money and having achieving long-term goals along with that career that you've, you've learned here. So our four guests all have experience with personal finance. We have two instructors. We have one current student and we also have a recent graduate. So I'm excited to, to get into it. We're actually going to start with um, Mrs. Tanya Morera. She is a teacher here at York Tech who teaches uh, personal finance one and small business ownership. Do I have that correct? That's correct. All right. And uh, Mrs. Morera, I'd, I'd be interested to hear a little bit about your path to get here to York Tech and, and how long you've been with us.
2: I've been with York Tech approximately four years. Um, prior to this, I was in industry, so I worked in pharmaceutical sales management for about 20 plus years. I've owned several businesses and I have uh, taught adults how to effectively manage their money over the years.
1: That's great, I appreciate you being with us. And uh, kind of in that same vein, uh, we, ha- we have another instructor, Mr. Travis Gatos. Um, Mr. Gatos, if you could tell us a little bit about your path to get here uh, to York Tech and how long you've been with us.
3: Yes. So I started uh, about 18 years ago. Um, I started with a coaching job and ended up getting hired as a math teacher. So I was a certified math teacher for a number of years. And the ability to communicate math skills wasn't really my passion. Uh, So um, I was thinking, what else can I do with, with these skills? And I uh, went out into uh, kind of the real world a little bit and said, what skill can I have besides just teaching math? And that was personal finance. And a position happened to open up and I got certified in personal finance. Well, actually it's business um, and personal finance was the course. And I was able to transfer over from the math department into the, the business department.
1: Well, and I've, been, I've had the pleasure of being in your classroom a couple of times, and I can tell that that passion really shines through, so we're excited to have you here as well. And um, we also have a current student who's taking personal finance two. Personal finance one. One, got it. Okay, and that's Asher Hortman. Asher, can you tell us uh, what grade you're in and the, the program that you're, you're currently studying?
4: So, hi, I'm Asher Hortman. I'm currently in 11th grade, and I'm, in, uh, I'm at Tech for Engineering and Advanced Manufacturing.
1: Yeah, so basically you're smart on two fronts. Smart for taking personal finance, and obviously you got the smarts for engineering and advanced manufacturing. Thanks for being with us. And I also want to introduce, we have a recent graduate, and correct me if I'm wrong, Yandel, but you were the president of the class of 2023, is that correct?
0: That is correct.
1: And can you tell us a little bit about your time here at York Tech? I know you were involved in some extracurriculars, and also um, if you could share some about your uh, technical program that you studied.
0: Yeah, so uh, my time at York Tech was actually quite fascinating. Um, I studied in informational technology, um, specifically hardware. I found hardware to be very, not tedious, but there were times where it, it could be challenging. But I also find it interesting for the, um, for the most part. I had a great uh, teacher, Mr. Patojovic. Um He was able to create a great atmosphere and a good um, healthy learning atmosphere. Um, overall the class was great and I definitely would advise taking if you definitely love hands-on things.
1: So I want to I want to kind of dive into personal finance I want to start with some of those unique success stories that Mrs. Morera and Mr. Gatos have shared with me because those are absolutely fascinating I'll, I'll start with Mr. Gatos you you kind of in like some sidebar conversations had shared that you have former students who are really doing amazing things with the skills they learned in personal finance.
3: Yes uh, it, it goes from the small things like I just have some money to some big things like I've been able to pay cash for a car. I've been able to uh, understand that there's money out there for scholarships for college and getting full rides um, to I now have a budget and can now actually think about buying my own house and and moving out. Um, so that's amazing. Just in in the short couple of years, uh, I've been in the personal finance, I think about seven years now. So if you think just a graduate in seven years is thinking about purchasing a house or coming out of college without any debt or these kids that are having cars paid for with cash, um, that that's just an amazing uh, story and testament to their discipline and kind of the information that they got from the class and were able to apply it in real life.
1: And, and I think that's truthfully amazing. I mean, the fact that in only seven years, if you were one of those first students that, that took the course, that you're now paying cash for, for stuff is is remarkable to me. I know Mrs. Morera, you would shared, you have some uh, other success stories. Can you give us a little info about that?
2: Yeah, I really love hearing from students. Um, and most of the time I hear that they're just excited that they took the course because they learned so much. They learned that. They don't have to be in debt. They don't have to take a loan for a car. They could actually save up and buy a car. They don't have to have credit card debt. They don't have to have student loan debt. So I think it's just really important that they learned that that lesson. And when I hear that, it really makes me smile because unfortunately, 80% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck with minimal savings. You have got less than half of Americans that have a $500 emergency fund when you we have all these um, buy now pay later programs which are so detrimental um, to to Americans that they are becoming more burdened with debt. So when you hear students say that they're not going in debt with credit cards and student loans and, and car loans it really makes me smile and makes me very happy to hear that.
1: I don't know if this is the perfect analogy, but I kind of, in my mind, it's almost like a video cheat code, right? Like you come here, you get the academics, you're, you're taught a career, and then we give you the, the skills to be able to save up and really do whatever you want financially. It's almost like the, the complete package.
2: Yeah, when you think about it, I mean, financial literacy is a, is a key life skill, right? I mean, everyone initially, everyone has to handle money at some point. So why not learn how to effectively manage it while you're in high school?
1: And I, I kind of want to hear from uh, Dell. You've, you've been through personal finance. You have now graduated. And now you kind of have some of that experience. You're, you're in college at the moment. How, do, how does your experience sort of give you a leg up compared to some of your peers?
0: So I know a lot of my peers, um, so I don't want to assume. But the way I see it is, I mean, I can go into caf I can go into cafeteria and I could have water, right? But I want orange juice. But then there's like that rich mindset in me that has been taught that's like, oh no, you have water. You don't need you don't need orange. Like that's three dollars that you could save and put into your savings, you know what I mean? So I say with that that mindset is why I have a leg up. I know I speak to other peers and you know, they save, they um you know, they work, they, they have a balanced lifestyle. And while they may not be paying car for cash, they have some sort of understanding of um personal finance. Well, where it gives me a leg up is debt equals death is how I look at it. So being, having that emphasis and that mindset, like everywhere I go, it's more of a like, oh, well, I I can't I can't pay for this right now. Or there's a cheaper um, alternative. I I'll, I'll go buy my clothes at a, a thrift shop. I'll wash them. I'll find different alternatives to save money. And I mean, even for college, um, I, I was going to do Penn State, Maine for years, and I realized, well, tuition for one year is sixteen thousand in total. I went straight to Mrs. I went straight to Mrs. Marrera, um Mr. Gatos, and he actually. They both actually pushed me to do the two plus two, and even if I could do full year, at um Penn State York um they also pushed me to do that now. So now um I'm a uh, I'm a Penn State York uh, student freshman. Um, college is free for my first two years, and that it just puts um, it warms my heart because when at first when I realized the tuition was sixteen thousand, like the feeling of knowing that you're gonna to have to take out loans is like a, a gross feeling like it runs in your body like y- you have to feel it to understand it and i think being able to have the emphasis on um debt and that mindset on saving and what you need and what you don't is get what gave me that leg up compared to other people
1: well, I, I kind of want to stay on that point a little bit because I've heard that a lot of current college students, uh, as soon as they graduate, they're, they're met with 60, 70 or, or more thousand dollars in debt because you don't have that and you don't have to worry about that. Does that allow you to stay in the moment and focus more on your studies?
0: definitely <laughs> I mean like, definitely because I hear other students um what are like well yeah um this college only gave me uh 5,000 a year and I want to go to school for um pre-med I'm like well I feel I kind of feel for them because even though I do have my um two years um two years of college pretty much for free I still like understand how bad debt can affect you so I, I say well like I, I, I feel bad. I just I wish that like, you know, education could be free, but being able to you know, have a college free for two years is, is a great feeling and it actually allows me to save up more um while like while working and also just do my studies um, in like a peaceful manner.
2: Yeah, I'm so proud of you, Yandel. The fact is there are in the in the United States the student loan debt is about 1.7 trillion dollars. Think about that for a wow. second. That's a lot, a lot of debt in student loans. So to get two years free at the university is phenomenal.
0: Thank you, yeah. I mean, without you two, I, I, I probably would be at Penn State, Maine getting ready, like taking out several loans just to pay off that one year or even the fall the fall semester.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna follow up uh, because I had a little bit Uh, a part of Yandel's experience uh, at the end of his senior year. um, He came over and he said, Mr. Gatos, I I want to talk to you about my college. And he said, I have this three for one, Um, one year at Penn State York, and they're giving me a scholarship, and then three years at Penn State main campus. And we were talking about his situation and everyone's uh, situation is different. There's circumstances that are unique to everyone. And uh, because he was willing to share and hit some of his circumstances with me, I said, I think Penn State has like a two-for-two two program. Or I think actually Yandel brought that up. And I said, well, all you have to do is really make a phone call to find out. And literally the next day he comes in and says, Mr. Gados I made the phone call, and this is what they're giving me. And so now he has two years paid schooling and now in these two years he can save up more money so when he goes to main campus he'll be able to pay for most if not all of that and now he's going to be walking out with a penn state degree in four years and hopefully have have no debt
1: it's pretty interesting like you know not not being in tune with exactly what what you you teach in personal finance and initially my thought process was balancing a checkbook but it it really goes way beyond that it's more about having the savviness to look for those legal loopholes to save money know who to 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 ask a simple question that it ends up netting you an extra free year of college i mean that that's pretty amazing i want to i want to hear from asher too so asher you're you're currently going through this you're you're kind of in the middle of, of learning some of these skills what Walk me through what a class looks looks like. What are some of the lessons you've been learning currently?
4: So, so far we've been in the class for about a couple of months now and we're going over the basics of budgeting currently. So a lot of the stuff that we're talking about is sort of having a plan for what you're doing and that uh, personal finance is not a passive skill, it's an active skill. So if you truly want to save money and to save um, for the future, you gotta take initiative and do that. Um, Currently, we're putting together zero-based budgets, meaning that you take your total income and then account for each and every one of your expenses. That way, by the end of the month, you have everything covered. That includes giving money, saving money, and then spending it um, both on needed expenses like rent or utilities and stuff like that, but also enjoying some of your money, like having fun with it.
1: So, I mean, obviously, I can just tell by the way you're talking that you're probably a pretty good student in personal finance. You, yes, you pay attention is. pretty closely. <laughs> uh, have your gears been turning as you learn some of these skills in, in ways that, that have started to help you think about how you're going to apply them in the future?
4: Of course. I mean, a lot of the stuff that is taught in there sort of seems like, oh, yeah, that, that, that would make sense. But it's until that you take a class and truly begin to learn about that do you fully start to develop the skills? So like Yonda said, whenever you're in the cafeteria or whenever you're looking at buying something online, it's the difference between saying, oh, I could buy this now for much more expensive or I could buy something close, maybe off-brand or something like that and save a, a bunch of money, so.
1: And obviously it's it's clear that Yonda and, and Asher are superstars, right? They're, they're academic superstars. They're, they're uh, probably you know way up there with GPA. But Mrs. Moreira, I'm curious to know, like, does it require some basic financial knowledge to take your course or do you really start from scratch and and build kids up the right way?
2: Listen, it doesn't take a genius to learn these skills. So whether you know a lot about personal finance or not, you are welcome in the class. It really is a hands-on class. We've got so many different activities that we utilize so the students can really come prepared knowing that they're gonna be taught the skills and there will be activities that they can do to be able to reinforce the financial concepts that we're teaching them. So don't feel intimidated. This is for the beginner. They can walk right into the class. Um, And even if you know some things about personal finance, there'll be some things that you could learn in the class as well. Uh, We do utilize the Dave Ramsey Foundations in Personal Finance Curriculum. We have highly engaging video lessons, um, lesson plans with lots of different activities. Um, There are, uh, it's an online textbook. We've got case studies and assessments on the curriculum. So there's lots of information to be learned.
1: And, and you kind of mentioned something that I want to talk about, those engaging activities. I, I had the pleasure of visiting Mr. Gatos' uh, classroom when you were sort of just starting to talk about the stock market challenge that you do annually, I believe. Can you give us a little bit of insight into that? Because I think that's w- one of those cool activities that sort of illustrates how, how some of these skills are taught.
3: Yes. Yeah, so in personal finance, too, we take these basic skills that we learned in personal finance one, and we try to expand on them. Uh, so we do talk about investing in the stock market in personal finance one, but we don't have a lot of time to really get into detail. Uh, so it's kind of like the advanced placement or the honors type of of course, where you get to dig in a little bit. And so last year uh, we got connected with a, a national competition Uh, throughout the country uh, for the second semester uh, students in personal finance too. And they worked in groups and they were basically stockbrokers. They were buying and selling stocks. And there were about 1500 groups throughout the country and that you could see each group, uh, if they made money or lost money. And it really got the students involved with, why do stocks go up and down? Uh, how to reduce your risk. A lot of people say the stock market is like gambling. But if you really start to understand how to use it and reduce your risk, the stock market is one of the ways that people who have money have it because they use it to get ahead. They they allow their money to work for them and it basically becomes a second income if you know how to do it the right way and use some of the skills that, that we use and that just gets them involved with with looking at stocks um knowing how the stock market works uh, what the risks are how to diversify um, and what that looks like over a period of time and we can relate that directly back to retirement 401ks roth iras and just regular investing
1: so it's definitely not just about managing your money correctly but also giving you ways to to grow your money right
3: yes so it's Making your money make money, um, because it's really hard to just save enough money. So you need to find another way, rather than getting second jobs, third jobs, where you can put your money in a place that's going to grow. And there are these investment calculators all over the place online. You can punch numbers in. And uh, I just saw uh, Susie Orman um, have an article out, and people were just bashing her because uh, if you put $100 away from 25 to 65 and you invest it on the stock market average of 11%, you're going to be a millionaire at 65 with $100 a month. And people are just bashing her, saying, That's impossible. That's not how it works. Someone do the math. That is the math she's telling us. It's kind of like the cheat code you were talking about. Now the problem is do you do it? And if you don't do it, it doesn't work. So how can we find $100 a month you know, for our students? And that's what we're doing. We're finding those little things. These guys have talked about, can I save a couple bucks here, a couple bucks there? Now I have $100 I can start investing, putting into my 401k, uh, whatever that might look like. And now when they get to retirement, they can retire and not have to worry about money because they have a they have a second income and to tie like to tie
0: all of this in i, I came in to personal finance one with i mean practically no knowledge i mean i knew like i had to save and i knew that you know there were going to be more expenses coming on in the near future but it was never like as deep as personal finance one and two got i mean i got in class i'm like well saving the new PS, the new PS5 is going to come out soon why, why would I save so being able to start from well being able to start with um paying you know trying to pay car with cash and how to do that to now looking at different views of you know Dave Ramsey Robert Kiyosaki and then now picking up books of Rich Dad Poor Dad um, the Intelligent Investor and seeing different ways how to um, invest or how to save and just viewing well reading different perspectives on money i mean um i used to come into class for personal finance too all the time and i would ask mr um gato's questions every single day because i wanted to learn more i mean i was i was practically hungry to know how to save money how to invest how to do this how to do that um and Mr. Gatos would answer my questions. Sometimes they were vague, and I'm not sure if he did this in a way to make me more curious. But if so, I would go home every day, or I would literally leave class, and my gears would start shifting because I want to know how this works. I want to know why, you know, the rich has been um, using LLCs and how they've been using that to their advantage to um, dodge certain taxes.
2: Yeah, you know, students believe that they have to save a million dollars to have a million dollars, and they don't. Right, we go over this um, scenario in the class. It's Jack and Blake. So I want you to picture these two guys, right? Jack starts investing $200 at age 21. He does $200, invests $200 every month from ages 21 through 30. So just for nine years, right? The second guy, Blake, decides to, to wait later. He starts to invest $200 from age 30 until 67. So he does it for 37 years. Guess who has more money? The first guy who started early and only did it for nine years, or the second guy who started later and did it for more years? Believe it or not, Jack, the first guy, Even though he only invested 21000 of his own money, he ends up with $2.5 million, whereas the guy who started later and invested for 37 years only ends up with a million and a half. Still good money, right? But still, it's a million dollars less. This speaks to the power of timing as well as compound interest. You wanna start early and you wanna be consistent over time, saving 100 hundred, two hundred $200 every month will lead you to financial success.
1: I'll be honest, I was going to guess guy number two. I'm sure so you I would. W- I definitely <laughs> would have been wrong. So if, you, if this class can convince students to forego a video game purchase, I would say that's, uh, that's pretty powerful stuff.
2: You know, it's funny because we, we have an assignment in personal finance one, And it talks about, okay, first of all, who wants to be a millionaire? And most people don't raise their hands, believe it or not.
1: Wouldn't have guessed that, yeah, my (laughs) hands raised.
2: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) because they don't think that it's possible, right? And when we go through um, all the training and we talk about just how possible it is and exactly how they can do it, they see it as a viable option. It's something that they're able to achieve. You can be financially independent right? You just have to become financial literate and know exactly what to do.
4: Being able to teach the financial literacy has such a great impact. I mean, it's simple with the analogy like you give a man a fish, you feed him for one day. You teach a man how to fish, you feed him for the rest of his life. So by equipping people with these skills, it it's unimaginable the amount of changes that it, that it makes. And it's not as simple as just giving a person a large amount of money because if they don't know what to do with it, It'll it'll be gone within a day, a month, a week.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, people who win the the lottery tend to lose it within a few years, right? Um, lots of NBA players and NFL players become bankrupt within the first five years after retirement. A lot of it is because they just don't know how to effectively manage their finances. So my thing to students is don't become a statistic, right? Sixty percent of Americans don't have enough savings. To cover a $1,000 emergency, 80% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck, 38% of U.S. households have credit card debt, 40% of student loan borrowers are expected to go into default by 2023, and 33% of American adults have zero, zero dollars saved for retirement. Don't become a statistic.
1: Well, I have to imagine that some students who are are, are listening to this episode, their their ears are perking up a little bit, and they're probably thinking, well, that sounds like a class I want to take. I, I understand this is an elective, right? So any student who has availability on their schedule can can take it. Um, is the, are there any grade requirements, any, any other prerequisites that they need to know about?
2: There are no prerequisites. In personal finance, one, we there are several chapters. The first is introduction to personal finance. Then we go into budgeting basics, saving money, credit and debt, college planning, financial services, investing and retirement. And you get um, additional information uh, in personal finance, too.
1: Well, I, I- I want to thank you all for being here today because honestly it's, it's been an education for me but also just sharing the word about the, the awesome stuff that happens here at York Tech including personal finance is just is just a passion of mine and I appreciate you you sharing that. And I also want to throw out a, a shout out to our production assistant Jordan Collins who's assisting with audio and editing today, I appreciate that. Um, We hope you'll join us uh, for the next episode of Inside York Tech. In the near future, we have some other great guests and and topics planned, so uh, you definitely won't want to miss it. So thanks for joining us.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Inside York Tech. Catch all future episodes by subscribing through your favorite podcast platform or by visiting ycst.info
4: slash podcast.